You're listening to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm Erica. And I'm Kelsey. We're two former next door neighbors and good friends who love a good chat and a good laugh. We're inviting you to come on in, have a drink, and stay a while. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. Uh, Before we get started, a bit of a disclaimer. The sickness has hit both of our houses this month. And so we are like three weeks late recording this. We're coming in on a wing and a prayer. Yes. Uh, You'll hear my cough drop and my raspy voice. I'm recovering (laughs) from bronchitis. Kelsey's family had COVID. And pink eye to cap it all off. And pink eye. Her toddler has an ear infection currently. So this is rescheduled yet again. So friends, thanks for being patient with us and bear with us this episode. (laughs) We are doing our best. Yes. We are continuing to celebrate our 10th season of the podcast with our retrospective series. So today we are looking back on friendship specifically. So we'll tell some funny friendship stories, talk about how we've deepened our friendships and what we've learned along the way. But first, what's happening around the neighborhood for you besides all of the tissues? (laughs) All of the sickness. (laughs) Mucinex and yeah. Okay. So I want to share a little story about what happened when we were on our spring break trip. We took a great 10 day spring break trip. It was a road trip. We stopped at the Grand Canyon. Then we were in Salt Lake City for Ah, a week. You all made it back. We all made it back. And we, and we stopped at Zion National Mm -hmm. Park on the way home. So the story happens in Zion National Park. So In Zion, from the visitor center, you can take a shuttle. It takes you all the way through this beautiful canyon, and you can get off at many stops. We got off at the very end. There's an incredible waterfall. and You know, you're just there taking in the view and Mm -hmm. taking pictures and everything. So we were hanging out there, and we were kind of getting ready to leave. But I saw a couple, kind of a young couple, and they were taking turns taking pictures of each other, Uh you know? And so I walked over and said, oh, do you want me to take a picture of the two of you together? And they said, oh, yeah, sure. So, you know, I got situated, started to take the photo and I was taking a couple. Oh my gosh, my pulse is starting to race. Uh, he gets down on one <gasps> knee stop and it. starts proposing. I am holding their phone and saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I switched to video and the whole, soundtrack, high pressure the whole soundtrack is me saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is amazing. Oh my gosh. So I apologize to them for that. That's so cute. It was so emotional. I feel emotional about it just now. And it all happened like so fast. Yeah. And then she's like crying and, and they're kissing and they're hugging. And I'm just like, I so just he was to- maybe just going to ask but you happened to volunteer. Right. Like I, I was like, to- were you not going to ask someone to take right. a picture? Right. Anyway, I feel like I was a very important part yes. of their moment. What an honor. <laughs> I hope they'll always remember me. And now I wish we'd like, it just happened so fast. Yeah. And it was so yeah. bizarre that I didn't, I wish I'd like, given him my number yeah. just I don't know anything. I love that you're probably like all over their Instagram going oh, oh my gosh oh my gosh I hope so too <laughs> I hope so, so too you're welcome <laughs> that so. is really cute but yeah what a lot of pressure I feel like I would drop the camera oh and like freak it's out it's truly amazing that I didn't <laughs> give me some heads up yeah like like say a little something with yeah. your back turned to her like <laughs> hey hey but I was make sure you it. get this yeah, I, I was yeah, the right were. person to do it good job Thank good you. job I have a story for you and I did text you this but it got there's a more detailed version oh, that I couldn't right. send a text. Bring it on. So I finally, after about eight to 10 days of coughing and sore throat and all the things, went to the doctor. I knew I didn't have COVID, but I was like, something is happening here. I need some. I wasn't sleeping at night. So I go to the doctor. And of course, the one locally is not, you know, this is just one of those like comedy of errors situations. So the one locally doesn't have any appointments like for the whole <laughs> yes. week. So oh I gosh. go up to the one, which I really love, like the, the, medical group that we use but I went all the way up to the one in like Scottsdale 
So I'm driving up there, you know, hacking my brains out the whole way. And it's in Scottsdale. So it's like in the city. And so it's kind of hard to figure out like where to park and Mm -hmm. where the entrance is and all of that. So I park and then I'm walking through this um, like business courtyard Mm because there's a lot of different, you know, offices in this one building. So I'm walking through this courtyard and it's the Friday before Easter. Okay. And there are multiple people in polo shirts (laughs) hiding eggs all around the... That's the first clue. Yeah. Hiding eggs all around the courtyard, which... Like, I'm sure they were having some sort of corporate, like maybe the kids were invited to do an Easter egg hunt of of employees or whatever. But it was just so funny. And I don't think anybody meant to, but like everybody froze and stared at me like (laughs) at the same time. And I told Kelsey, it felt like I caught the Easter bunny getting out of the shower. (laughs) Like it was like, it was like they were nervous. Like the kids were there already or something. I'm like, no, I'm just trying to find my doctor's office. And then I get to the doctor and this is not really funny, but I mean, I, I really hope this individual is okay. But I get to the doctor and I, this particular group, it's like they're kind of known for being like a modernized version of medicine where they like insist on not making you wait. So like mm. if you're not in within like five minutes, they like yeah. give you a credit or so. I mean, they're really good about like you can do everything online. They're just a, like a more modernized experience, which I love. But so I'm there and they're always really good about that. And I'm sitting there for like 15 minutes. And this is as I am just like Mm -hmm. so miserable. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, is it just the one by me that does that? Like, why am I sitting here so long? I'm sitting there longer and longer. Finally, a a nurse comes out and she's like, I'm really sorry, but um, your doctor's going to be a little bit. She's having an issue with her last patient. Mm. And all of a sudden, paramedics and firefighters are rushing in. Oh my gosh. And they're coming. So like, had an emergency situation with one of her patients turns out this guy like they thought he was having a stroke oh my and he's goodness. like my age so I'm like Holy sitting cow. there kind of you know feeling sorry for myself and then thinking like okay <laughs> this is not this could be way worse but oh. it was just one of those things that was like this doctor's trip is getting weird yes <laughs> and then I go in and she's like obviously oh, frazzled sure. and I'm like do you need a minute and she's like no no I'm okay and oh like my gosh so it was just like Jeez Louise. So I, I do think he probably was okay. Like he was conscious and he was talking to everybody, but he was having some weakness and stuff. So Ugh. that's how I ascertained that's what was happening. Yeah. But it was just a little jarring the whole experience. Yes. What was the what was the status of the Easter egg hunt when you left? I don't know. Well, I went the other way because okay. I was like, I really don't want to like walk I'm through the Easter egg hunt. So I went around the building the other way. Okay. So let's talk about friendship. I think I want to start with this. Both of our kids are kind of at the ages. I don't know if you notice this, but they're really starting to navigate true friendship and their social life. And it really has me thinking a lot about my own childhood and figuring out friendship and really just how some of those friends I made around that age are still friends. But it's also an awkward and sometimes hilarious <laughs> time of trying to you know figure that all out. So do you have any funny stories about early friendship in young Kelsey's life? I do. (laughs) And I hadn't thought of this in a long time. And it's a story that is worth telling. This is the story of the time that I left the imaginary tea party. (laughs) In a huff? (laughs) In a a huff. Let me get there. Okay. So where I grew up and where my parents still live, at the time when I was growing up, our house was the last house on a dead end street Mm -hmm. and off of a busy road. Mm -hmm. So this was not like the suburban neighborhood that either of us live in where there's like tons of families and tons of kids around, you know, 
there just weren't that many houses. So there weren't that many chances of even having kids on the street. But I remember when I was pretty young, I feel like second grade or Mm -hmm. something, there was a family up the street that had a couple of kids and they had a daughter that must have been a couple of years younger than me, like not that different in age, but at that age where it does make a big difference. Right, right. And... Ali remember, I don't remember us playing that much, but maybe the mom invited me over or maybe the girl did. She had another little friend over and they said, we're going to have a tea party. Like, do you want to come and have a tea party with Mm us? And so I went and they were setting things up like in her room. And as the tea party got started, it became (laughs) evident to me that this was a fully imaginary tea party. (laughs) And I had a different picture in my head. I was hoping for snacks. I was hoping for some actual (laughs) real snacks. I think because it was like it almost felt like such a formal invitation. Yeah, like, so I'm like to me to this there's got to be some Oreos mm-hmm. involved or yes, something. Yes, a graham cracker. Or something. And I remember. Oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed by this. <laughs> so I do want to issue just a blanket apology. Just standing up and saying something like, "Well, if this is just imaginary, then I'm going home." <laughs> Isn't that horrible? You're like you are a terrible host, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure we never played again. That's so awesome. I feel so terrible. Are kids just like the rudest to their yeah, friends though? Kids like, are the worst. I will hear just, you know, kids in the neighborhood or I'll hear the little, you know, the little scuttle that's going on out. And I'm just like, I mean, I don't want to intervene, but I kind of do. Yeah. Like you sound like a horrible human yes. right now. Yes. But I do think it's very normal. Okay. I I will I will one up you on this oh, one God, in please. terms of being a horrible human. <laughs> oh good. Um so I had a friend that lived down the street who did lie a lot okay and I was probably about well maybe I was like fourth grade at this okay. point because my brother was also involved and so he had to have been about second grade-ish <laughs> so I had I had this trio of friends it was me and two other friends on our street and we were all the same age went to school together and the one friend did lie a lot like okay. we caught her in lies often and okay. they were like extravagant ones okay. like just really a situation but so at one point the other friend and I like realized she had told us two very different versions of the same story. I don't even know what it was about, but we decided to put her on trial <laughs> like formally. <laughs> and I remember distinctly like meeting it. First of all, the fact that she showed up for the trial. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she She's like, well, She's this like, is my court date. Yeah. Head between her, you know, head hanging low shows up to the court date. We are in our back alley. Okay, my brother the was the alley. judge. <laughs> Somehow that was considered impartial. I don't know. This was David. So we like, no, Ben. Okay. So we presented evidence. Like we both made our case about like what she told us and what, and we were like playing lawyer basically. Did she get her own lawyer? Did she? No, she just like sat there and took it all, which I'm like, why would you do that? Oh my gosh. So, and I don't remember how it ended up. I mean, I'm sure we found her guilty. (laughs) I don't think she had a jury of her peers. It was just the judge (laughs) and the, the prosecution. So, yeah, it was not very fair or democratic, (laughs) particularly, (laughs) but we just we just put it all out there and put her on trial. Do you remember what happened with the friendship after that? That it it continue? We still were friends. It was fine. And she kept lying. I mean, I really do think she had a bit of a lying problem. It didn't make a difference. It didn't. You'd think that would make an impact. I think we were really like so sick of being lied to that we're like, we got to make a point here. Like we got to really. It was like an intervention. But like how horrible. Why would you ever (laughs) put your friend on trial? and we would say like objection i mean i think there was a gavel involved like we were not messing around okay so you were having some government lessons at school how how to keep friends by erica (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Be on the lookout for our forthcoming book. Yeah, seriously. So what are some of the ways friendship has changed for you as you've become an adult? I, I will say I would leave a tea party with no snacks still. <laughs> so <laughs> to this day. Yeah. Exactly. Has not changed. <laughs> still not going to that tea party. So in thinking about this, definitely, I'm sure you feel the same way, just how I spend time with friends and how I keep up with them. I mean, if you think, of course, when you're growing up and then through college or just young, young adulthood, Mm -hmm. even your friends are just baked in. Yeah. And they're like everything. Yeah. And you are actually living with your friends. You are overlapping. I mean, you're going to classes together. Mm -hmm. You're living together. You're walking to places together. Friendship honestly just feels, I think, pretty effortless. Yeah, kind of automatic at that age. Yeah, exactly. And so then I think stepping into adulthood, as you get busier, as you move away, as you have jobs that take you, just different schedules for sure, as you have kids Mm -hmm. and then have more kids, suddenly it requires effort yeah, and everyone is, everyone is so much busier. And so, yeah, just thinking about how intentional Mm -hmm. I have to be with Mm -hmm. friendships and just noticing like the effort that it does take, like making intentional plans to catch up or finding different platforms or ways that work for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes you kind of need to have different iterations of that with different friends. So yeah, anyway, that is definitely a, a way that it's changed. I personally love doing activities with friends if I'm able to mm-hmm. as an adult, just as ways to grow closer or to just spend that quality time as opposed to just lunch or coffee. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's great too, but I have just noticed, I don't know, more of a depth if you're sharing an experience together mm-hmm. or finding something that you enjoy mm-hmm. together that you're getting yeah. that you're getting to do. So definitely in that way. I like that. Yeah. I, for me, same. I mean, just less automatic. There's mm-hmm. no built-in peer group necessarily yeah. anymore. And even if there is, like you're in a mom's group of, or, you know, you're all, your kids go to the same school. Everybody's just so much busier mm-hmm. and there are so many more pulls on our time and mm-hmm. our um, resources that it just is a lot harder and it takes a lot more work. And I will say, I feel like it took me a while into my like thirties before I realized that that was okay. That didn't mean there was something wrong with me and I was bad at friendship. Gotcha. That like everybody's was harder. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. it just, it wasn't the same as college and yep. and even young adulthood or like newly married, but nobody has kids yet and you're just mm-hmm. going out every weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say for me too, I feel like I'm a lot less worried about being just like my friends or having to have everything oh. in common in order to be friends. I really like that. Um, and I think when you're younger, you can have that tendency like, well, if you don't like this band, gotcha. then you're, you know what I mean? Or like, we have to have everything right. have to dress the same. We have to like the same kind right. of music. We have to do all of that. And I just think that I put a lot less pressure on my friendships now to mm. be like everything yeah. and to be everything like me. Right. It just is, I'm, I'm much more comfortable being my authentic self in a friendship than I definitely was younger. And I would say I look to for like different friends and friendships to fulfill different needs. Yeah. Like I don't expect any one friend anymore to be everything. Yes. Like you, you know, you have that like bestie for life, Mm -hmm. BFF necklaces when you're, you know, in school or whatever. I, I will say one thing that really hasn't changed is I still find myself satisfied and, or like leaning towards just more of a small core group of close Mm -hmm. friends I'm not a like want to have a million acquaintances that I have to keep up with and small talk with mm-hmm. kind of person. And so um, I still, you know, that really hasn't changed for me. Mm-hmm. It's just different friends mm-hmm. filling those roles. So. Yeah. Something else that I feel like hasn't changed for me is I think I have always had a small group of close friends, but kind of from different 
parts of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that too, growing up, I was on my, I was on a high school rowing team, but it wasn't at my school. It was just a collective youth Austin rowing team. Mm -hmm. And so I met one of my dearest friends who I'm still dear friends with on that team. And so she went to a different school. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, she wouldn't be in common with my school friends. And so I think I kind of always have had these kind of different aspects of my life and have found really close friendships in those areas. Like all your friends aren't necessarily friends with each other. Right. And I think sometimes that has felt like, oh, is this not the right way to do things? Mm-hmm. Or maybe I want to be able to say like, no, this one person is my very best friend. Right. But feeling like, no, well, I have this like amazing friendship with this person and with this person over here. Mm-hmm. And just being like, no, those really fulfill. They all count. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about this, but Laura Tremaine's new book just came out, The Life Council. Yes. The 10 Friendships Every Woman, Woman Needs, I think is the subtitle. Um, and that's, I think, the whole concept of that book, that like there are people that play different roles in your life. Someone might be like your your daily duty friend, I think, mm-hmm. is one of them, or your, um, your fellow obsessive. Yes. I like that she talks about <laughs> that, like someone who's just, you're really into musicals together and you go see musicals and that's all you do maybe, yes. but it's okay. Like they don't have to also be your, you know, BFF that you pour your heart out to. So yes. I think that that is just important to remember. So what are some lessons that you think you've learned about friendship as you've matured and your friendships have matured? Well, this made me think of an observation or kind of a metaphor that I've thought of before. And that is that I think of friendship in my life like a net that supports Mm. me. And some friends the like fewer are the really thick strands of rope. And like with just them, I would be supported, although maybe not fully comfortable. Oh, and then I, like I have that. other friendships that are like the medium size strands, like more of those yeah. and those are woven in. And then I have the friends more like the acquaintances, the mm-hmm. like the moms that I only see at school pick up and mm-hmm. stuff that are the thinner strands. But those are woven in. And, and I think of it in this way because these are all people that I think of if, if one of them was going through a hard time and I can think of instances where just more an, an acquaintance, but they were going through a mm-hmm. hard time. I want to be the kind of person that will show up for yeah. them if it's checking in with them, it's delivering a meal. And then I guess for me, hoping that those people would be there for me. And that just makes me feel supported. I love to support other people. And I guess just makes me like, feel like I have a rich friendship. I love that metaphor and that there are different thicknesses of strands Mm -hmm. and that it all, it like works together to make a big picture. Yeah. I love that. And that it's okay if, if it's like a different depths of friendship. I I think that is a lesson in adulthood that I've really like different friends filling different needs and also different closenesses. And those can ebb and flow over Mm -hmm. time. Sometimes, you know, stage of life or certain routine. Mm -hmm. I've had some friends, I was always going to the park after school with the boys Mm -hmm. and I would see these certain moms I mean, four days a week and kind of like felt closer to them. And as that routine changed, you know, I've kept in touch with some of them and not with others. And that's okay. Right. Like I could get back. Nobody's like feelings are hurt about it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I really, really like that. And I think that, I think even in female friendships in particular, there's more of this pressure. Like, I feel like Jeremiah is much more like, yeah, this is my go get a beer buddy. Mm. This is my mountain biking buddy. And friend, like, females are conditioned to be like, you have to have BFF necklaces and matching tattoos all the time or you're not really friends. And so I think that it's like, yeah, growing up, I think, and maturing in terms of like what we expect of people and also the stories we tell ourselves about Mm. friendship and like 
what that has to look like. Mm -hmm. Or if this person doesn't text me back, that means they're not my friend, like Mm -hmm. immediately, you know, like giving, I I think as we realize how complicated life is, as we grow and mature, we also realize that friendships are more complicated than Mm -hmm. we've maybe, you know, given them credit for. So yeah, I think authenticity is just the most important thing. And I've learned that. I think that there is so much when you're younger of trying to fit in Mm. and trying to find your group. And I just think like you eventually learn, I guess some people don't, but I feel like I've eventually learned that like be you and you will attract your people. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, and I think that that's talked about sometimes in terms of like a brand or being online Mm. and same thing, like be your authentic self and then you will attract the right people. But I think it's that way in life too. Like you can't, you can't mold yourself into something that like you think this friend group wants you to be and then expect to be fulfilled in that friendship. So, and if that, if, if being your authentic self means that then you don't connect with someone, that's okay. Yes. Like it's not your fault. It's not their Mm -hmm. fault. You just might not be a match or maybe not a match at this season of life for being friends or great friends. Exactly. Another thing I think I've learned is to just keep showing up Mm, even imperfectly, Mm -hmm. even when you feel like, oh, it's been too long since I texted you. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Just text now that you're thinking of them. Just stop Mm -hmm. by now. Mm -hmm. Just don't overthink everything so much. Mm -hmm. Just keep showing up as consistently as possible and as that authentic self. And like, that's all you can really do. Yeah. Um, Something that maybe I read it somewhere, but a rule that I've kind of tried to adopt for myself is if I think of a friend, I try to text them, especially if it's someone that is someone I'm in touch with, you know, semi, semi or semi infrequently, Mm -hmm. you know, that a text does not take very long. And so I'll just think, yeah. And Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, you know what? I, I thought I was in this neighborhood where you Mm -hmm. used to live was just thinking about you. Mm -hmm. How's your week? And who's, who's going to be like, Oh, weirdo. Like no one, everyone likes to be thought of. Right. Yeah. I I love to get those texts. So I try to like sprinkle them out. Yeah. So, and you're not like waiting. Sometimes I think what we do too, is we unintentionally wait until we have an ask. Mm hmm which feels kind of crappy to the mm-hmm. other person. Like mm-hmm. I'm thinking of you now because I want you to come to my birthday party or right. I'm thinking of you now because I need someone to pick up my kids from right. school. <laughs> right. Instead of just like those other ways that just are maybe kind of inconsequential, but you're not just always taking them. Right. You're giving. Yeah. Um, I think to just, just realizing that if it's going to last and be a really deep friendship, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, but if it is going to be, that it's going to go through some of the same ups and downs that any relationship mm-hmm. does. And I think, again, I feel like we think if friendship is not easy or the minute it becomes not easy, then something's broken mm-hmm. and we need to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And like, I just don't think, I think the friendships that really are going to end up being those real deep, you know, lifelong types of friends are going to go through hard conversations mm-hmm. and disappointment and you know, spells where you just feel less connected and you just got to keep going. Mm. <laughs> and that doesn't mean you don't talk about it. It does. It, in fact, you have to. But I think that sometimes it's just an assumption that the friendship is over because you hit a rough patch and that's mm-hmm. not necessarily mm-hmm. the case. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I think maybe I was going to say this later in the episode. I think just because as we grow up, like we've talked about friendship can feel so effortless. I don't mm-hmm. think that we're taught yeah. How to navigate yes. friendship relationships yeah. and like how to, to maybe talk honestly in them in the same way that we kind of come to realize that you have to have those conversations like in marriage, yes, for exactly. example, or among your family, exactly. you know, things, things like that. So 
Yeah. Especially if it's going to deepen Mm -hmm. and it might not, like I said, but if it's going to deepen, you're going to end up being in that position with your friends. And, and I think you'll find just like your other relationships, you come out on the other side closer Mm -hmm. if you've, you know, had a successful conversation. So how do you want your friends to best show up for you? Well, kind of like I shared in the way that I try to reach out to friends and say, Hey, I was thinking about you. What's going on. I really appreciate it when friends do that for me. I really especially appreciate it. If a friend remembers something that's going on Mm -hmm. with me, like, Hey, I remember you were going to have that doctor's appointment. Like, how did that go? How's Maeve's sleep going lately? Like I know you said before that Mm -hmm. that was hard. I think I really love being asked. Mm -hmm. And I think if, I think if I feel asked, then I am more likely to share like without being asked. Do you right. know, do you know what I right. mean? It kind of like, if, it's like if you're it, paying attention to what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. If it's like mm-hmm. a balance of that, then I think I feel more confident, like, Hey, you want to hear from me. Yeah. So even if I, even if you didn't ask, I know that you want to know. Yeah. I'm not just like monopolizing the conversation or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And I also really appreciate when friends reach out to find a time to get together, to talk on the phone. I think that I can be proactive and trying to get people together or mm-hmm. to reach out. And so then I think that feels really good when mm-hmm. it's coming from the yes. other way yeah. too. I've noticed. When you're usually that friend. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this. I'm like, man, how do I, I these are like kind of hard questions to answer mm-hmm. sometimes. Cause you almost have to think about like, well, when have I not felt mm. it's almost like you have to think of the reverse to get to the answer. So I really need friends that are okay with, humor and venting. Mm. I need to be able to vent to my friends. Mm-hmm. I know I have had friends in the past where I feel like, um, just cause I'm a very straight shooter and I am the person who will come at things with some humor and some venting that like, that maybe I was too much, like mm. maybe I was too negative for mm. that person mm. or maybe, so I, I like people that can absorb some yeah. of that feisty energy. Like I, can we talk about how horrible our kids are for a minute right, right now? Can yeah. we say some swears and yeah. like, so that for me feels like I can be my full self mm-hmm. with that friend. And I, and I appreciate that. Um, I don't feel like I'm being a burden on them. I also really like my friends to cheer me on to like care about what mm. I'm doing, Yeah, you know, care about what's important to me and, and notice it. And not that they have to like if I'm selling something, they don't have to buy it necessarily, but just like saying like, Hey, you're working really hard on that. I love how you're, you know, just noticing the things that I'm doing maybe that have nothing to do with them Mm -hmm. or that they don't even fully understand or they themselves would never be into like podcasting. I have a lot of friends who are like, that's so awesome. Or I listened to your podcast and I thought this was so funny. Mm -hmm. And then I have friends who are like, um, what's a podcast. Right. And it's not that they, they have to be into podcasts, but it feels, I feel very seen. Yes. If they're like, you know, at least interested enough in what I'm doing to like, to show that interest and yes. to show and to cheer me on. I think I have really felt that way, both about podcasting and especially about my writing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel this way too, because I think in, in like the way that both of us are doing our work, mm-hmm. it's not in this traditional setting. Yes. We're not earning like a, like a traditional income right. from it. And so the friends that have acknowledged and yes. seen me as a writer. Like validate that. Mm-hmm. I I feel so seen and so loved mm-hmm. and just like, oh, you see me. Right. You know, and, and you, because I put so much hard work into it. Mm-hmm. And I think that 
I think that not everyone sees it or or cares to like right. learn or understands more. like yeah. how how does that even work? Like right. how much work goes into yeah, a podcast? Yeah, exactly. Or like yeah. ask some more questions to like learn more. Right. Like how is that working and stuff? And so I can think of a couple of instances where people have done things or even like given me things yeah. that's like a writerly gift. Yeah, and I feel so seen. Yes, totally, totally. Um, I also like, this is really funny, but I think I need a sweatpants friend. Oh, I love that. I need the friend <laughs> that will, I'm not great about making plans and I'm not great about doing fancy plans. Uh-huh. I need the friend that like, I want to talk to in sweatpants with no makeup on when I don't feel like talking to anybody else Yeah. or the friend that, so the friend that will show up at my house like that, the friend that I can show up at their house like mm-hmm. that, the friend who can just be like, can we just like get a pizza and watch a movie. And so I need that casual, that level of casualness is like an intimacy Mm -hmm. to me Mm -hmm. to be able to just be fully yourself. Like come over, who cares? Like my house is a mess. Come over in your sweatpants. That's, that's what I need. Um, how do you think you best show up for your friends? Like what kind of friend do you think you are? What role do you play as the friend in the relationship? Well, like I said, I I think I am pretty good about remembering what's going on with people and trying to check in on them, Mm -hmm. you know, here or there. Um, I shared like my rule about if I think of a friend, I I try to send a text, especially if it's someone that I'm not in touch with all the time. And yeah, if I know of a friend that's going through a hard time, even if it's an acquaintance, I will kind of like up my effort on that friendship. And I, I have really taken to heart the advice that I have read before that, that just, just a check-in. I I think sometimes when friends are going through hard things and I feel this, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to do so much for them. But I often find in my season of life right now, I, I don't have anything more Mm -hmm. to give. And sometimes I felt like really guilty and bad about that Mm -hmm. where I'm like, gosh, I have like a handful of friends going through hard times and Mm -hmm. I want to make meals for all of them. Right. I want to go like clean their bathroom for them. But I, but then you kind of feel paralyzed. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I try to send a text. I love that. You know, I also think it can be one extreme or the other. You can feel like that, or you can feel like I don't know what to say and Mm -hmm. I don't, want to bother them. Right. And so then you just do nothing. Yeah. Because you feel this paralyzed, exactly. like I can't, I, I'm not sure. So I just do nothing. Right. But the, that check in, that text message, that phone call is better than almost anything yes. else you can do anyways. Because I think if I end up not checking in and, and then too much time goes by and it feels awkward, that makes me feel bad. Yes. Yeah. And I, can, I, can like be I like, haven't well, acknowledged this hard thing that you're going right. through. Exactly. I also, I am genuinely curious about my friends and I just think people in general but my Mm -hmm. friends who I'm close to so I love asking questions um you ask the most thoughtful questions (laughs) like you you are really good at that I've told you that before but you really are I just am very curious and I I love to hear about the deeper stuff but I am genuinely curious about how my friends are like keeping their to-do lists Mm -hmm. how are you finding time to recharge how are you drinking Mm -hmm. your coffee lately I will tell you um how are you drinking your coffee lately I love that Sarah Powers and I who um, we have become really good friends over the years. She co-hosts the Mom Hour, as mm-hmm. our listeners probably know, and we keep up on Voxer. And I just feel like we have an ongoing conversation that either one of us will bring up at any time, like about coffee, anything, whether it's like <laughs> how we're grinding our coffee or what our coffee drinking vessel is, or like at any point, coffee could enter the chat. Yeah, yeah. and we're both just like we are here for all <laughs> yes. of it, you know. Yes. So I, I love finding those little topics with friends, mm-hmm. you know, that you know that it's like it's like that fellow obsessive, yeah. like you were talking yeah. about. If that's an aspect of yeah. the friendship, I just think it is so fun to like geek out about. Plus, I just silly feel like little you things. feel like you really know each other when you're like 
no, I know how you like your coffee like right now. Yes. Like this time of year right. with this weather, all of it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, just a last couple of things. I love to show up for new moms. Mm. I love to make sure I send a good gift. I love to show up for moms who have had a baby and who are returning to work mm-hmm. because I just remember that very vividly as being a time of big transition mm-hmm. for me. And so I think remembering that and just, you know, that's happening a while after maybe they've had the baby. Um, maybe people aren't checking in as much. And so even if it's just a text to be mm-hmm. like, I remember you're heading back to work and like, how's it going? Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I've like sent a few little like work snacks or a new little notepad or I just like to recognize yes. that time in, in a friend's life. And then finally, I love to try new stuff with a friend. Um, this is kind of like the fellow yeah. obsessive. And so I, I, you know, I think I love to connect with other people who are also curious or who want to try new things. So this is funny. I have a friend. We've already been friends for quite a while, but she is just getting into birds. Oh, like only because she was like, this. yeah, she was just noticing one particular backyard yeah. bird. But I am like, oh, friend, <laughs> just you have opened the gate just yes. enough for me. So to- I think I might have a new birding friend. So I'm very excited it. about that. And um, oh, and, and I had to mention this, like starting a podcast, yeah. for yeah. example. Speaking of activities you yes. can do with friends. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I do think I am the friend who adds some humor and levity yes. to the situation. Yes, you are. I think you can count on me to hopefully not like, you know, make too light of something, but really like sum up a difficult conversation with something that makes us both laugh. Yeah. And I think that that is a sweet spot for me. And then just also like, I think I'm the friend that will give some real talk and say the things that nobody wants to say at the table. Like I'm the friend who will send the steak back if it's not, you know what I mean? Like I, I will be that friend, but I think I still do it in a nice or fun way, but I, I am not afraid to say what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of other people, you can almost hear like an exhale sometimes Uh when, especially like a group of women, I feel like we're just so so many times we just don't say what we not want or need. And like, I'm the friend who'll be like, um, this table is really hot. Could you close that window or whatever? So I just think that that is how I show up. Um, I everyone appreciates that. Yeah. Thank you. Erica. (laughs) Um, I think I am super protective and hopefully, um, inspiring friends to like stand up for themselves. Yes. I'm the friend who will help you draw a boundary. I'm the friend who like someone hurt you and you need some help. I've got my bat in the trunk. Like I, I'm like the Earl had to die friend. Like I just, and I think people feel that. I think people feel that, um, I'm on their side, yes. you know, probably too far where they don't want to tell me something about like their husband or, you know, their mother-in-law who, who offended them. But I definitely, I think make people feel like I'm on their side and I've got their back. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to give advice and I, I try to not give it unsolicited, but I think I'm pretty good at listening and, um, you know, giving some suggestions or like reframing something mm-hmm. for another way for somebody to think about it. I can confirm that you give great advice. Aww, you are a you. great listener. <laughs> and then, cause I, I think too, like in friends, I, I love it when a friend can sense like, okay, Kelsey needs to vent Mm. and I'm here to listen. I'm not jumping in Mm -hmm. with the problem solving, but then I do want to, I like to problem solve and you are a great person to problem solve. We've had many a problem solving session. Um, and then I just, I am that friend you can vent to. Like I want that friend and I try to be that friend Mm -hmm. for other people. 
whenever someone's like, can I just vent for a minute? Yes. Or this is going to sound really bitchy. I'm like, no, I'm here for it. <laughs> here like, for it. bring it on. I'm yes. not offended. I can handle it. Yes. So I, think I, that I, I lean on friend. you in that way. And I <laughs> so appreciate it when just everything is hard. Yes. And it's just like, but if I could just, I just need to whine Erica, for a minute. Yes. Yeah. I know that you are always there for <laughs> it. We do that for each other often. There will yes. be many texts. There was this month, Ooh. many texts sent. Like, yep. are you freaking kidding me? Yes. <laughs> yes. That text thread was very active. <laughs> exactly. Okay, this last one I want to think about a little bit because it got me thinking when I was listening to Kendra of the Lazy Genius podcast. She had a whole episode recently about this concept of relationship rhythms. And I think she was actually talking about it in the in the context of her relationship with her sister, yeah. who's like a best friend to her. And it was just really interesting and helpful. And I wanted to talk to you about this. So in our COVID time capsule episode, we talked about how one of the really challenging things about the pandemic was how it literally disrupted the usual rhythm of every single relationship, like all at once. Mm -hmm. The normal ways that we were connecting, the times that we would see each other or talk or hang out, the ability to even see each other. So what do you think about that idea that friendships kind of have a rhythm? And sometimes when we feel like something is off, maybe it's just that our rhythm has mm. been disrupted, the ways that we connect. Yeah, I think this is so insightful and so relevant. And I think it's interesting because here we are three years after the pandemic started. And for many people, it feels like, you know, post pandemic. And we talked about that. We're back mm -hmm. to living our lives mm -hmm. like as normal mm -hmm. or as a new normal. And yet I think there are still a lot of rhythms that yeah. are off and that Lingering haven't, effects. yeah. And, and that maybe haven't found their new normal mm -hmm. yet. And so I think then that goes along with the fact, like I talked about before that we maybe don't have as much language around mm -hmm. talking about friendships. Yeah. And so if a rhythm is off, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a crisis or you don't right. still care about each other, but I think then it can feel hard to yeah. know how to like address said, it. Taught how to deal yeah. with that. Yeah. Or even maybe to realize that that is what is going on. Right. You know? It's like, oh, our kids don't go to the same school anymore. Right. So we don't have this natural built-in time to see each other. Right. And that really has affected how much we're like in touch or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then I think I have had some friendships and relationships like that. And so then I kind of have to think about, okay, is this a person I'm still missing in my life? And if so, okay, that's actually going to take extra effort now mm -hmm. because I don't have a built-in time to mm -hmm. see them. And yeah, I think yeah. that can be tricky. Yeah. I think that that's half the battle is recognizing when there's been an actual problem or if something is just off that rhythm and like that episode was a big eye opener to me because I was like, oh, <laughs> that is what has happened gotcha. to a few friendships. Yeah. I had a very good friend who I feel like that happened with. But also what happens is then in the meantime, while you're thinking about what is wrong here, you are telling yourself a lot of stories about what they must think. It must be that we disagree about these important things mm -hmm. in life that have been happening these three mm -hmm. years, you know, especially with COVID. And, and yeah. there has been some of that like real you know, friendship breakups over some important topics mm -hmm. and not feeling like your values align or whatever. But I think that because all of that felt so hard and stressful, I definitely was telling myself mm -hmm. a certain story about a friendship that like we must not align on anything anymore and whatever. When in reality, those usual check-ins that we had went away. I started homeschooling, so I didn't have time for like the daily conversations that we mm -hmm. would have. Um, you know, everybody was just dealing with a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. So we were the kind of the friends that talked to each other about every little thing. Like gotcha. I got these new workout pants and they're great. And you sh and it's just like sometimes those things didn't feel 
like you even cared about them in the same way for a while. And so you, so it would just, you know, and we would end up talking about deeper things, but it would kind of start with that sometimes. Like I'm calling to tell you that you need to get this pair of shoes right now because they're amazing and I know you'll love them. And, you know, and then we'll get into parenting issues or relationship issues or whatever. Um, So I think that what it looks like to be proactive in that friendship and get it back on track or try to, and then to stay in a good place is to, Number one, stop telling yourself mm-hmm. a story and just get the real story. Mm-hmm. Like have a conversation, ask a question if you're feeling some kind of way. Um, I think assuming the best about each other mm-hmm. is important. Um, and again, friendship is one of those things that feels, I think we can get back in our like adolescent selves sometimes mm-hmm. because it's such a, that's such a time where that's developing, right? right? So we get in our feelings and assume, you know, this, this not texting back is because they they don't like me anymore mm-hmm. or they're mad at me maybe they're just a horrible texter right <laughs> like I am kind of a horrible texter you know like maybe so just I think approaching that so that even if you're going to have the conversation you're coming at it from a perspective that is like hey I may have done something that upset you I'm feeling disconnected I know you probably haven't meant for that, but we haven't, you know, talked about this for a long time, or I haven't gotten a lot of texts back from you or whatever it might be, but you're coming at it from this place of like, I know you didn't mean to, Mm -hmm. because otherwise it's like, what's the, you're just going to create defensiveness and it's not going to get you very far. So I think that, and then I also think assuming the best about yourself Mm -hmm. and not being hard on yourself, because if you're doing it to your friends or yourself, you're creating this like rift in your relationship when you're like, I'm a horrible friend. They must be mad at me. Mm -hmm. I didn't show up for this event. They must be mad. We must not be friends anymore. Mm -hmm. And we end up just creating this whole narrative from those things. So assuming the best about them and yourself, I think goes a long way and then have the hard conversation, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think oftentimes we find that it's not quite as hard or as scary as we thought it was, that there might've been a misunderstanding or you'll at least get started on working on the hard things you need to work on and you don't have to just keep ruminating on them in your head. So that is my, that is my advice. And then to know that like sometimes it just has run its course, you know, or, or it's not for right now and that that's okay too. I I would just like to say too, I feel like I know, I think both of us know this is hard mm-hmm. and it's emotional. And yeah. I think the last couple of years have wreaked a lot of havoc mm-hmm. on all kinds of relationships, but friendship, one of them, and even just in a bandwidth mm-hmm. sense that we haven't maybe had the bandwidth that we wanted to for our friends. And that some of those, you know, I, I feel like for me personally, I have a lot of friendships that are sitting on like E mm. in the love tank department, yeah. you know, <laughs> like them, like, are we done with this or do I need to invest some effort here? Or like, it feels like too much time has gone by. So I just would like to be encouraging, I guess that it's hard, especially when it's, especially in this phase of life. And, Mm -hmm. um, after the couple years that we've been through. Yes, (laughs) I think so. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we have to say about that. We got this episode recorded, but I want to know what else are you currently obsessed with? Okay. I have a fun obsession. I am obsessed with headbands. Okay. Which are entering the headband era. Which I mean, maybe I wore them when I was around seven, like attending tea parties that that I dug into your scalp. But I think maybe I saw a friend wearing one and was like, oh, 
Oh, that looks great. Okay, headband. And, you know, I am not super skilled in my hair styling, and I don't feel like I have a whole lot of, basically my hair is washed and down or in a top knot, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. So Same. I don't have a lot of variation. I was like, you know, I could just pop a headband on. Yeah. So For those in-between days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I got Maeve and myself matching Aww, headbands cute. for her birthday. So that was to start. And now I am just enjoying browsing Etsy. I I got just like kind of the plain flat one uh-huh. and a cute little fabric. I want a couple of the knotted yeah, ones. Yeah, I do like the knotted ones. Yeah, so I think I'm going to get a couple of those for okay. the summer. So anyway. I like that. Yeah, like going to be rocking a headband. Um. <laughs> mine is all things hard-boiled eggs oh really like I feel like I forget about hard-boiled eggs until it's like spring Easter time yeah. because you want like hot eggs when it's right. colder out right and then Easter reminds me every year of <laughs> right. how much like I freaking love a hard-boiled egg I love a deviled egg I love Ooh, I egg love salad a egg. I love an egg salad I love hard-boiled eggs in my salad like yeah. in general like why don't I make them more often? Yeah, You know, Chris and I were just having this conversation. <laughs> it's really funny. I think we got one of those packs of pre-peeled hard-boiled eggs as a road trip snack, yeah. like kind of a healthy filling yeah, road like trip protein. snack. Yeah, and, and we honestly haven't had hard-boiled eggs in maybe years. Yes. But there was a phase where we were hard-boiling like a dozen eggs a week. Yeah, like as a food prep yeah. thing, right, for the and, week. And we were like, why don't we forget about hard-boiled I know. eggs? I wonder if it's one of those things that... Because I do understand why people don't like them too. I think you can do, you can overdo it. You can overdo it. So I think maybe it's one of those things that you just get real hot and cold on. Yeah. But as a rule, I would like to keep a more moderate level of hard-boiled eggs in my life on a more consistent basis. Okay. I I would like to do the same. All right. That's a goal. Great. That's a goal. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Hey, if you love the show, would you consider doing three things for us? Number one, follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Number two, just share our show with a friend or on social media. Share a little funny episode with everyone. Number three, leave us a review. It really helps the show so much and we'd so appreciate it. And if you really, really love the show and you think to yourself, I would love to get even more from Kelsey and Erica while supporting the show. You could become a friend of the show on Patreon. For $5 a month, you get bonus episodes, live hangouts, and whatever other goodies we come up with. And we're not committing to ahead of time because we come up with them on the fly. Right. <laughs> um, and we would just love to have you in that community over there. It's a fun space. We have chats. It's just a great spot. So as always, in addition to that, you can find us in between episodes on Instagram. We're High Girls Next Door. The show notes for this episode are in your podcast player and on our website, girlnextdoorpodcast.com. And we love getting your emails at highgirlsnextdoor at gmail.com. Thanks so much for dropping in. Until next time, be neighborly. okay in your headphones mm-hmm. okay yep that's through good. our stuffiness yeah sounds good okay let's dominate this i'm Just gonna t- tr- treating myself out of this to episode. something after this i don't yeah, know what it are. is but yeah you are getting a treat good call it's cursed i tell you from it's almost like you got to come at it from yeah. the the back the back end nope don't like how that sounds <laughs> you gotta come at it from the back end <laughs> I'm glad you caught that. I wouldn't have caught it till I was editing and I was like, ooh, now what are we going to do? Let's try that again. I really need friends that I can, that come at, come, that come at me. <laughs>
Okay. 